Chapter 3 Elsie insisted on sitting in the back seat with me so we could talk while Father drove. Your parents are so nice, she whispered. I wish I could live with you. Do you think I could? You wouldn't be an only child and neither would I. We'd be sisters and share everything. Before I could stop myself, I said, Are you crazy? Why would my parents adopt you? You're not an orphan, and even if you were, I knew you'd say that you don't want to share anything, do you? Not your stupid doll or your ugly teddy bear or anything else. You're a spoiled, selfish girl, and you're lucky to have me for a friend. She sat back in the seat and stared out the window. For a few moments, she was silent. Then she turned away from the window and slid across the back seat to my side. Living at your house wouldn't, wouldn't be any better than living at my house. I'd just have nicer things. What do you mean? How do your parents punish you? It was a strange question, but I answered anyway. <clears throat> what all parents do, I guess. Mother scolds me and father has a talk with me about what I did and why I did it. Liar, Elsie said. I bet your father whips you with his belt and then he locks you in the basement and leaves you in the dark to think about it. I stared at Elsie in disbelief. My father would never do anything like that. Well, lucky, lucky you. It's what my papa does. She glared at me as if it were my fault she got beaten and I didn't. And Hilda doesn't care. She never tries to stop him, even when I'm down on the floor begging and crying. You must be making that up, I whispered, shocked that she would lie about her parents and scared that she was telling the truth. I can't believe your father could be that mean. Well, that's why I want to live with you. She grabbed my little finger and bent it back. So far, I winced in pain. But if I can't live with you, at least I can play at your house every day and be your best friend. With that, Elsie leaned over the seat and tapped Father's shoulder. Turn at the next corner. My house is in the middle of the block. Father drove slowly down the street lined with narrow brick houses. Which one, Elsie? This one. She pinched my arm and said, see you tomorrow, Annie. I can't wait to play with your dollhouse. I rubbed my arm as I watched Elsie run up a few steps and open her front door. A man's face looked down at her. His arm reached out and yanked her inside. Even from where I sat, I knew her father was angry. What if she had told the truth? What if her father was whipping her right now? It was too dreadful to think about. I climbed into the front seat beside father. He smelled of pipe tobacco and hair cream, a special father smell I loved. I liked the feel of his tweed overcoat and the way his hands held the steering wheel. Now that Elsie was gone, I felt safe. Well, she's an odd little creature, father said. Yes, she is. Odder than you know, I thought. She must like you very much to walk so far out of the way to see you. I guess so. I snuggled closer to him and took a deep breath of happiness. <sighs> How lucky I was to have a father who'd never whip me or lock me in a cellar no matter what I did. Not that I believed Elsie, of course. I already knew she was a liar. When we were home, I came up to my room and gathered Antoinette, her leg, and her torn and wrinkled clothing into a bundle. Cradling her in my arms, I wept over as if she were a dead child, a child I'd killed without meaning to. It's my fault, I told her poor cracked face. I should never have let Elsie hold you. Mama, Antoinette said. I opened her little trunk, the one that she'd come in at Christmas, and laid her among her silk dresses and cotton petticoats. Kissing her, I closed the lid and put the trunk in the back of the wardrobe. I didn't want Mother to find her and ask what happened. 
somehow Elsie would know if I told mother the truth and she'd make me sorry that she had said she had said so. Instead of going downstairs, I sat on my bed and hugged Edward Bear. Why had I thought Elsie and I could be friends? She had driven the other girls away from me. She had yelled at me because her mother was dead and mine wasn't. She wanted to rip Edward open to see how his growler worked. She'd broken Antoinette. She threatened to make me sorry if I told mother about the doll. And she pinched my arm so hard it still hurt. I rolled up my sleeve and looked at the bruise that she had made. I hugged Edward tighter. How was I to get away from Elsie? Annie, father called up from the stairs. Dinner served. I kissed Edward and sat him on my bed. It comforted me to think of him waiting there for me. Slowly I went downstairs. I didn't touch the banister. Elsie had contaminated it with her hand. In fact, she had tainted my room and everything in it. As father passed my plate to me, he said, you were so worried that no one at Pierce Academy would like you, but you've made a friend already. I nodded and began to cut up my chicken, hoping I'd be able to eat at least a few mouthfuls. Mother looked at me. Your father says Elsie lives on the other side of town. I hope her parents weren't worried about her coming home after dark. She took a sip of water. If you stayed out that late, I'd probably call the police. She didn't seem to think her parents would care, I said. I'm sure she was wrong. Mother ate a forkful of mashed potatoes and then said, she's so different from the girls in our old neighborhood. I can't help wondering why you chose her for a friend. Father sighed. Now, Ida, don't be snobbish. You don't even know the girl. Mother looked cross. I'm not being snobbish, she said. Elsie seems neglected, needy. Oh, I don't know how to say it. I feel sorry for her. Father leaned toward me. Well, Annie, what do you think about your new friend? I kept my head down and poked at my lima beans, a vegetable I truly hated. What was there to say about Elsie? That she had broken my favorite doll? That she insisted on being, on being my friend? That none of the girls at school liked her? That I didn't like her? She wanted to be my friend, I said at last. No one else did. Well, father said, that's just the first day. Annie, mark my words. Once the others get to know you, you'll have so many friends you won't know what to do with them all. Ha, I thought. How will they get to know me with Elsie clinging to me like a leech? The subject changed to Pierce Academy. Did I like my teacher? Too soon to tell, I thought. But I tell my parents she seemed nice. She's not old and cranky like Miss Porter at Fairfield School. She's strict, though. Mother asked if the curriculum was about right for me neither too hard nor too easy. Again, it was too early to tell, but I said it was fine. We had a spelling test and I only had two of them wrong out of 10, a B. Just as I knew he would, father raised his eyebrows and said that I could do better. Do you think you'll be happy at Pierce? Mother asked. If I can get rid of Elsie, I thought. But to them, I said, it's no better or worse than any other school, I imagine. That seemed to be the end of their questions. Mother served apple pie and poured coffee for father. Although I loved apple pie, I took a few bites and pushed it away. Father looked at me. You haven't eaten much tonight, Annie. It's my fault, Mother said. I let the girls stuff themselves with cookies and cocoa. You would think that Elsie had never had such a treat in her life. I suspect she's not eating her dinner either. After we cleared the table, Mother and I washed and dried the dishes and then joined Father in the parlor. Even though it wasn't really cold enough yet, Father lit a fire. I cuddled on the sofa beside mother. Father took a seat in his armchair and opened the evening paper. 
The fire popped and snapped. The room was cozy and warm. For the first time since Elsie had left, I felt safe. She was gone. Maybe she wouldn't come back. Maybe I'd make new friends tomorrow. I opened Anne of Green Gables, a book I already read more than once, and thought of the red-headed Rosie dashing around the playground. She had a sparkle that reminded me of Anne, a promise of mischief, fun, and jokes, and secrets. If only I could be her friend. Father looked up from the paper. According to the New York Times, we're slowly making progress against the Germans. If all goes well, the war might be over before Christmas. Mother sighed and laid down her knitting. Oh, it would be wonderful to have Paul home for the holidays. I worry about him constantly. The trenches, the nerve gas, the disease. She shuddered as if her words had brought the war into our cozy parlor. So much suffering and pain and death. I wish this country had stayed out of the war. We've talked about this before, Father said. We should have gone in when the Germans sank the Lusitania. The war would probably have been over now if the president hadn't been such a pacifist. Wilson was wise to delay, Mother said. Even more of our boys would be dead if he had declared war sooner. While my parents argued quietly, I worried about Uncle Paul. What if his name appeared on one of the lists that casualties posted every day in the newspaper? What if he never came home? Or what if he came home but without his legs? What if he came home with battle fatigue? He could be a mental case from the gas the Germans used. I'd seen pictures in the paper. I knew how awful the war was. I snuggled against Mother's side, comforted by her warmth. If only I could end the war with one big powerful wish and bring Uncle Paul back, and all the other Yanks as well. As Rosie said, the Germans were dirty, rotten Huns, and I hated them. Everyone did, even Miss Harrison. If I ever met a German, I'd spit in his face.